Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. But inside the church, what we're called to do or to continue in this brotherly love. But as we talk about love, I believe that there There's such a division in our country like I've never seen before in my entire life. Families are being separated right now like I've never seen in my life. I mean, over crazy things, best friends. I just heard the other day, oh yeah, my best friend never wants to talk to me again. Why? Well, because I support Trump. Really? So they're just, that's it? There's no friendship? And serious, there's a, a division that's going on, but I truly believe, listen, there's a division that's going on that's good against evil right now. There's a battle that's taking place right now. My personal belief, this is what I believe. I believe it's so intense right now because I truly believe that the rapture of the church can be at any time. We're gonna talk about that next week, the rapture of the church, okay? But I believe it is. I believe the trumpet will sound. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. But there's this huge separation that's going on and it's getting very evil out there. And they're not even, it's like things that you would say that all oh, these guys are conspiracy theorists guys, right? They're like, now it's like the, the people that they're exposing everything that they're doing. It's getting very evil, right? And it's a battle between good and evil. So you see Whippy Goldburn says that, uh, she says, claims that overturning Roe v. Wade violates her religious freedoms. Killing a baby, an innocent life, violates your religious freedoms. That's evil, and I will call it like it is. Our governor, he rents billboards in red states to tout abortion access. Listen to this. So uh, one of the ads on his billboard, it says that, shows a woman with her hands chained behind her back saying, Texas doesn't own your body. Well, wait a second. That sounds good and all, yeah, nobody owns your body, but that's another body, another soul that's living inside of the person. But listen to this, okay? So I wanna, I wanna read this part. Another ad says that California is ready to help anyone who needs an abortion. We're here to help you, the, the, our governor's saying, right? Adding, listen to this, adding the verse out of Mark, love your neighbor as yourself. And on the billboard it says, there is no greater command than these. Love your neighbor by killing babies and we're gonna be a state here that we're asking other states to come in. If, if your state doesn't wanna kill babies, we're gonna love you. That's evil, that's evil. A good shepherd, listen, a good shepherd not only feeds the sheep, but he protects the sheep and he exposes lies and this is a lie. So tell the pastor not to get involved in politics. Well, they're getting involved with our Bible and they're, they're quoting it out of context saying that it's okay, to, that this is loving and they call it med- medical health, the, but it's, it's evil. And then, I just wanted to throw this one in. FBI tracks down Mike Lindell uh, on a hunting trip. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you saw this already. Surrounded his car, they took his cell phone. But I believe what's happening, there's this whole thing, this weaponizing our government against each other. We've never seen this before. Do you guys know that? We've never seen this before in, the, in our history of America, but we're seeing it today. And then you have this, Texas school board fires teacher who told students not to judge uh, pedophiles. So yeah, she should have been fired, so that's good. But listen to this. So this teacher uh, was caught on video telling her students not to judge pedophiles because we, we call them minor attracted persons. And then this is sad. Over one third of senior pastors believe good people 
can earn their way to heaven. I hope you know that's not true. How do we get to heaven? Through Jesus Christ. Let me challenge you with this, if you don't know this answer, okay? If you believe that good people can go to heaven, you can be good enough to go to heaven, why did Jesus Christ have to die such a brutal death on the cross of Calvary? There's not one good, no, not one. Jesus Christ was the only one that was sinless. He died in our place. He died for our sins, that we would have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. So then we have good news. We always want to give you good news when we have bad news. So as you see this, DeSantis requires, so DeSantis requires teaching the Hebrew Bible in Florida public schools. I want to give the Lord a hand for that. I love this man's boldness. Guys, we used to teach the Bible in school. Do you know that? We used to have prayer in school. 1963, 1962, they threw the Bible out and they threw prayer out of school. Well, where do our laws come from? The Hebrew text, that's where we get our laws from. Okay, so that was good news. And then I had the honor last night, my wife and I were invited to a, a dinner last night. I got to meet this lady. This lady, Lynn Fitch, is the lady, the attorney general for Mississippi. She's the one that brought the case before the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. That lady right there. We got to spend much time with her. I told her that I would mention to every service that we would keep her in our prayers. I'm asking, please, keep her in your prayers because she's in a big battle. And the battle's not over, but yes. So her team was the team that brought the, this, uh, the Dobbs versus Jackson uh, trial or, or case before the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Is that just awesome? We were at this event and she spoke and I literally, as I fighting back tears thinking, I never thought I'd see my day that they would overturn Roe v. Wade. I just never, I mean, talk, talk, call me Doubting Thomas. I was just like, is there any way they're gonna overturn this? It's overturned, but listen, the work's not done yet. This state needs to, to wake up, amen? Okay, go back, let's go back in our text. So Paul not only said increase with love, but also that you would also aspire to lead a quiet life, and check it out, and to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. How many knew if you, if you said to somebody, hey, will you mind your own business that you were quoting scripture? <laughs> now you know. That's where it came from, right here. And I used to think that was rude if someone would say, will you just mind your own business? And it's like, that's rude. No, it's scripture. <laughs> and not only that, the, the word aspire means to strive at it, to labor, to make it your goal. What? To lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands. If you're not working with your own hands, you become a busybody in everybody's business. And, and this text is telling us, don't be a busybody. Lead a quiet life, meaning a peaceful life. Uh, be at peace with others. Refrain from meddling in other people's business. Don't be quarrelsome and with others. Hold your peace. And, and it, so this is good advice for all of us. If, if it's not your business, then stay out of it. Because there's a real battle that's against each other. And it's very simple. What I try to do my best, if it has nothing to do with me, I don't give it any airtime in my thoughts. In other words, if something comes in my mind, oh, they should be doing this and doing that, I was like, wait, is that any of my business? No, I'm not gonna think about it. 
But what you get people in the church will happen is that they get this and they, you know, they think about this as, whoa, you know, there's this problem, that problem. They, they somehow think that they're the ones to meddle in everybody else's business. And this is saying, don't do that. And I, I truly believe if you're busy about the Lord's business or you're busy, you're a hard worker, you're not gonna have time to get in everybody else's business. And I believe that's what the text is saying. In other words, work with your hands, be a hard worker. Why, if you're a hard worker, believe me, you're gonna go to bed, you're gonna sleep like a baby and you're not gonna get in everybody else's business. You're not gonna meddle and gossip and, and backbite and all these things. And so, so obviously they were having a problem in the church there, these new believers. There was backbiting, there was meddling, there was people that didn't work. Well, look at that. They, they, they just, they pulled themselves out of society. They quit their jobs. They pulled themselves away from unbelievers. And then all they did was they were, they were in the church causing problems. And Paul's saying, don't do that. He's warning them not to do that, to stop doing that. Don't be a busybody, he's saying, don't meddle. Again, there's the attack spiritually, and we as believers have to guard our mind from, from the attacks of getting involved in somebody else's business and somebody else's uh, affairs. And, and from time to time, you'll get that in the church. You'll get people to say, well, did you, did you hear what so-and-so did? And for some reason, when people whisper and then they say, it's like our sinful nature is like, no, what did they do? I don't know if I should tell you this. <laughs> then they have you, right? Because then you say, then, then they're like, oh, forget it. Have you ever said somebody's done that to me? Before? Oh, forget it. It's like, I want to know now. Now that they said it, I don't know if I should tell you this. You're like, well, why can't you tell me? <laughs> well, I don't know. Should I keep it to myself? You're like, no, not with me. Just tell me. I won't tell anybody. And that's our sinful nature. Our sinful nature wants, you know, we want to hear, you know, things about others and problems and, oh, really, and all. And we have to beware of that. We have to, you know, you never want to talk behind somebody's back because that's gossip. If, if you're saying something behind their back that you would never say in front of their face, don't say it. If you can go to that person, if you've gone to that person and you're, you've said that, that could be a different story. But, but make sure it's your business, though. This is not scripture, but someone once said, are you a blessing wherever you go or whenever you go? <laughs> you don't want to be that person. It's like, well, finally they're gone. You want to be the person, seriously, you want to be that person that wherever you go, you're a blessing. Why? Because we're called to love one another. We're not called to gossip. We're not called to backbite. We're not called to air out somebody's dirty laundry to make ourselves feel better. And again, this is just practical stuff in the church that, that we can deal with. Second Timothy 2.24, going along with this, says, a servant of the Lord, so we're called, all of us are called to be servants of the Lord, must not do what? Quarrel, cause problems, quarreling. But to be gentle to, how many? All, able to teach, so that's good patient, in humility. So I'm not saying there's no correction that needs to take place. If you're called to be part of the correction, you love somebody, you go to them in love, it says in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. So if someone's in sin, that's a whole different story. You go to them in love and humility. You, you say, can I pray with you? Can we talk about this? Is there any way I can help? You're, you're going in humility. You're not going there rebuking them or unless there's a wolf in our midst and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole other story. But in humility, you go to them. If they're in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. So you're dealing with truth in humility and that they may come to their senses. Maybe they're, they're, they're under some lie. 
and escape the snare of the who? Devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. So there's correction there. And then Paul, when he writes this second letter to the same church, he says, even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he do what? Eat. So again, there were there, those in the church, new believers, they quit their job. They said, oh, we don't need to work. You know, we're just gonna wait for the Lord. And they said, no, 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 they're not working. They, they don't eat. So don't take care of them. For we hear that there are some who walk among you who are disordered, in, walk in a disordered manner, not working at all, and are, can we say this out loud, please? Busybodies. Well, if you're not working, you've got a lot of time on your hands. And they became busybodies, so he's correcting them. But listen to this. This is serious. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. So if, if you're not a busybody, Paul's saying, as for you, don't grow weary. Don't keep doing what you're doing, right? But then he goes back to these busybody guys, and he says, and if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not do what? Keep company with him that he may be ashamed. So if they're consistently busybodies, getting in everybody's business, pull away from them is the instruction that Paul is giving. But back to this work with your hands. Do you know it's good for us to work? I know there's some that cannot work. I, I don't want to, there's some exceptions to the rule, you know, so we don't want to you know, just put a blanket thing out here. But if you're healthy, you're able to work. I know the, some that are elderly or disabled, all that, you know, that, there, there's some that are, uh, don't fall in this category. But for the most part, if you work hard, again, you won't have time to cause problems. My wife, I love many things about my wife. One of the things I love, she's a very hard worker. When she first came here from Scotland in, in 1991, first thing she did is she found a job. She had no experience because she was a professional jazz singer for 21 years. So all she knew was she'd make a lot of money just by opening up her voice. And God said, don't do that now. I want you to go in the work world. So she had no experience. So she ends up getting a job, listen to this, for a paint company that paints houses, right? And she would knock on doors, cold calling, knock on doors. She was getting $5 an hour. And if she sold a job, she got a $5 bonus. And for the first year, she took three buses to get to work. She had to take a bus for six years to get to work. And she knew nothing about painting. Matter of fact, she <laughs> mentions when she would try to sell the job and they'd ask her, what do you know about painting? She goes, really, I don't know anything. I know how to paint my nails, but I don't know anything else about painting. <laughs> but she's, I guess God just blessed it and she would sell a lot of jobs. You would have to at $5 a bonus. <laughs> Crazy. Matter of fact, she was such a hard worker. Check this out. When they laid everybody off, they kept her. She was one that they kept on because she did so well for the company, right? But you might know this part of the, her, her story, which is so awesome. So while this was all going on, 1991, she's knocking on doors. She heard on the radio, a Christian radio program, where Joshua would walk the land. And God says, everywhere you put the sole of your foot, I will give you that land. So her, as a baby Christian, she started walking door to door. She goes, Lord, I claim this land for you, Lord. And she'd walk. Wherever she put her foot, she says, I'm claiming this land. And she'd share the gospel with people. She'd pray with people to come to Christ. And so she would do that. And that's just what God put that on her heart, right? Fast forward, 2003, before we started to work here in this community, right? We were driving around. We didn't, 
before we started a Bible study, we prayed over all the houses. So we'd go in all the streets in here, Sunset Beach, and we would just pray for every house. We'd say, we pray for the people, Lord, and we lifted them up. And so we're praying, and when we were over down this way near Trader Joe's area over here, down around this area, as we're driving, she says, wait, stop. I go, what? She goes, stop the car. And she gets out of the car, she runs out, she goes, this is where I was selling the job. This is where I would knock on doors. I go, right here? She goes, yeah. This is where I claim the land. Right here in this whole area is where I claim the land. And I thought through that. I thought, look at that. 12 years later, you're the pastor's wife of this community, this whole area. And when you were claiming that, saying, for Jesus, I'm claiming this land, I, I'm sure the, the angels were just laughing, saying, well, this is crazy, but God has given us this land that she placed her foot and asked that, Lord, I claim this land for you. 12 years later, fast forward, she's here. It's amazing. So what does Paul say? Work with your own hands. Be a hard worker. Again, when you're working hard, you don't have time to get involved in others, other people's business. So let's go on. Let's go to the next verse. To walk properly towards those who are outside. This means those that are outside of the church that you may lack nothing. Well, if you're, if you're working, you won't lack. You'll have money to pay for your own bills. I think the practical sense of that is talking about uh, also spiritually. If you put God first and you're doing it God's way, He'll provide for all of your needs. But walk properly for the unbeliever. So uh, properly means honestly, orderly, decently, gracefully. Love inside the church, brotherly love. Outside the church, be honest. May they see a difference in you. May there be a difference in us. Don't try... It bothers me when, when people in the church are so, so... They're trying so hard to be like people in the world. I'm like, why are you trying to be like them? We should be so much better than them. We have a, we're, we're one with the, the God of all creation. We have a very creative God. Our life should, be, should shine so much brighter, and we should stand out. We shouldn't be like everybody else in this world. So don't try to be like people in the world. Uh, it, that bothers me. It's like, oh, we have to fit in. Yeah, we'll fit in. But no, I, I like it better that we stand out. This whole fit in stuff. Oh, you know, they got to like, no, no, stand out. Not in an obnoxious way, just stand out. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be truthful. I'm not going to be deceitful. I'm going to tell the truth. He's like, well, you know what will happen if you, if you tell the truth? You could lose your job. So be it. God will give me a better job. Back in the 80s when I was in the work world, that kind of tells you how old I am, there was this one man that stood out. I didn't know the Lord. The guys would come in on Monday morning and they would talk about their weekend and all that they did and, and I would be involved in that conversation you know I was like yeah we were out partying and doing whatever we were doing and we were talking and there's this one man his name was Doug and he said and I remember what he said he looked at all of us and we said what about you what'd you do this weekend and he says well what you guys are saying is not very very enlightening and I, I never heard that word before in my life I'm like enlightening what does that even mean and I was like, why did he say that? And I was like, this is weird, you know? So, so we knew he was different. So when he was around, we were like, why? Was, well, Doug's here. Hold on, don't talk, you know? We don't want to get, you know, rebuked for not being enlightening, you know? So we're, so, but he was this bright light in our dark world, the only light in our dark world. But let me tell you, he kept us in check. But we knew that, okay, 
maybe we shouldn't be talking like this. And he, he was just there. That's all, his presence. And every once in a while, he'd interject and just say something, you know, throw a verse out or a, a scripture out. I, you know, looking back, this, this young man just loved Jesus and he, he stood out in the midst of us. Uh, he wasn't welcomed in our group and all this, and he was okay with that. But I know he was praying for every one of us. And I believe he's one of the reasons why I'm standing here today. It's because he prayed. I believe another way we could be honest and orderly is when we share truth with people. People need to hear truth. And it's getting so demonic, I believe, so evil in this world. When you tell truth, they're like, oh, wow, what do you, why do you say that? Or the J word, how about the J word? Jesus, They're like, whoa, why did you just say that? It's like, wait, Jesus is like almost a cuss word in, out in the public sometimes. You say Jesus, they're like, remember I've told you this before, my wife and I were at a register and some, my wife was talking to someone and she's, she says, oh yeah, we go to the church and, and then she says, it's just Jesus. And when she said Jesus, this guy literally, his whole body went like this. And I was like, do it again. I mean, literally, she just, all she said is, we love Jesus, and this guy just jumped. It was like, wow. A few days ago, we had a serviceman here, and while he was leaving, I was just praying. I was like, Lord, just give me an open door. I, I want to talk to him about you, and I don't know what to say. And so he's, I mean, literally shaking my hand goodbye, and I'm just like, hey, what church do you go to? Do you have a church you go to? And he goes, puts his head down. No, I don't. I love that when they put their head down. That's always a good sign. And I said, no way. And I pulled out a card. I said, well, we have three services. Come and join us. And I started sharing with them. And, and I said, can I pray for you? And then I, I prayed for him. And, and it was just awesome. The Lord was just moving and, and stuff. And so then as I was talking to him about the Lord, and then I, you know, I asked him, I said, so, okay, do you have a family? And he said, yeah, these two children and wife and, and all. And I said, wow. I said, have you ever prayed to receive Christ? And he goes, yeah, the last time I was here, somebody prayed with me. <laughs> like, he says, but I haven't done anything with it. And I said, well, you need to. I said, are you reading your Bible? And so we were talking about reading the Bible. We gave him another Bible and started ministering to him and talking to him about Jesus, Jesus encouraging him and his family and, and all that. And, and I, he walked away. We were able to pray, very encouraged. Hopefully we'll see him here. He might be here right now. I don't even know. But my, my point is, is, is that I believe that's part of us walking properly in front of people. It's just starting a conversation about Jesus. People are hurting. People need Jesus. And, and it could be as easy is just saying, where do you go to church? I mean, that simple can open a, ma a massive door for ministry. Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and they'll glorify your Father who's in heaven. This is not condemnation. I hope that all of us are doing this and I, I fall short many times. There's many times I've walked away from someone and thought, oh Lord, I wish I would have said something about you. This isn't a condemnation. This is a reminder for those outside of the church, for every one of us to walk, walk properly, to be different, and to know that we're different, and to, to just be in tune with the Holy Spirit, and to ask the Lord, you know, what do you want to say to that person? Have you ever done that? That's what I do that a lot. What do you want to say to that person? Lord, I, with this young man, I, didn't, I did not have a clue what to say to him. So I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say? And when you do that, don't be surprised that God will work through you and in you because God wants to save.
That's what Jesus Christ came for, to save those who are lost. So very simple. As we close, practical stuff. Better walk. I don't know about you, but I want a better walk with the Lord. I love to hear about God's love when we teach about that. I love to hear about God's grace when we talk about that. I love to hear about the forgiveness of sin when we talk about that. I love to hear about his goodness, his kindness, his patience with us. And, but today's practical. These are practical things that we can do if we want a better walk with him. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.